0: All right, the title of my message this morning is called The Way of Jesus Discipleship. And this morning, I want to talk to us primarily from the Gospel of Matthew. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn in it to Matthew 4, verse 18. Matthew 4, verse 18. And specifically, I want to look at the way or the life of Jesus and how he modeled discipleship. Coming out of this message, I want us to leave with a cry in our heart to follow him and a call for others to do the same. So Jesus, we thank you for this time. We ask you that you would bless the word. I ask you that it would be your words, not my words. And we just thank you, Lord, that you're going to show us a blueprint this morning of what it means and what it looks like to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, intro. What is discipleship? Discipleship is a word... That gets thrown around a lot. Can we agree on that? We use it in a lot of things. And I think most of us probably have a decent grasp for what it means and what it is. But one of the reasons why I titled this message, The Way of Jesus, is because there's no better way to find out what something is than to look at the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus. When he was on the earth, what was he doing? What was his version of discipleship? Because I don't want my version. I don't want to just try to say, okay, yeah, I, I can figure this out. Here's my 12-step guide to discipleship. I want Jesus' blueprint that I see in the Gospels because, let's be honest, his way is way better than mine. <laughs> and so what is discipleship? Well, if you looked it up, it would say this, the condition or situation of being a disciple. So you're like, wow, that's not really that helpful. So what's a disciple, right? (laughs) A disciple means this, actively imitating both the life and the teaching of the master. So being a disciple involves two things. You're imitating the life and the teaching of the one in which you are following. The Greek word for disciple most commonly used in the New Testament is the word mathetes. And it is used, guess how many times this word is used in the Bible? 261 times, just in the New Testament. Do you think this is important? 261 times the word, this Greek word for disciple is used just in the New Testament. Isn't that amazing? Jesus really cared about this. In fact, I would go so far as to say this was his most, the most important thing that he taught was discipleship. So disciple is is one who not only follows, but you're imitating. A disciple follows after the master. So discipleship at its core is simply this, following the way of Jesus. Discipleship looks like equipping, teaching, and modeling what it looks like to follow Jesus at all costs. Discipleship means to apprentice under Jesus. I love the word Apprentice. It's like a blacksmith. You wouldn't just become a blacksmith. You would apprentice under a master blacksmith. And then you would learn the trade. And after years and years and years, eventually you would become the master. And then you would train someone else. This is the concept of discipleship. It's that Jesus is the master, and so we're all under apprentice under him. But then what happens is, is as we're apprenticing under Jesus, we pull someone along with us and say, apprentice under Jesus with me. And let me show you the way. That's discipleship. So how did Jesus model and teach discipleship? I found four keys that I'm going to quickly run through this morning. The first is this discipleship starts with an invitation the second one is discipleship is living out the gospel and the the third is this discipleship is costly and the fourth is this discipleship is your greatest gift to others I feel that discipleship is the key to walking with Jesus. It is the primary responsibility of us as believers to follow our master. So here we are, Matthew 4, we're going to read verse 18. Now, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." Verse 20 says, immediately, say immediately, immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And he says, Immediately they left the boat and their father and they followed him. This is the calling of the first disciples. And I want you to notice what Jesus is asking of them. Jesus isn't saying, hey, just, you know, listen to what I'm saying. He says, follow me. There's a huge difference. There's a huge difference between listening to someone preach, listening to a YouTube video, and following somebody. Because when you follow somebody, you're not just listening. You're not just attending something. You're not just kind of taking it in. No, 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 no. Your whole life is actually stepping in and saying, I'm going to put my whole self behind this person. And that's what the call was. Jesus is calling the first disciples and he's saying, I want you to follow me. Imitate me. Move where I move. Go where I go. This word, follow me, is used 19 times in the gospel. So listen, Jesus preached a message that said, extending an invitation, follow me. Drop everything and follow. Following is a big deal. It's it's more than just spectating. And I think sometimes the Christian life can become more about reading our Bible and attending church on Sundays than it does about actually shifting my whole life to follow. See, this this is it right here. This one thing will change your life. When you step into the fact that, oh, it's not just about coming, it's not just about Sundays, it's not just about anything else during the week, it's about following. I'm going to shift my whole life the way I do everything, and I'm going to follow this one man named Jesus. That's what the call is. That's the call of discipleship. And listen, all all of these things are important, but we can read and have knowledge and still not be following. We can be attending church on Sundays and leave going back to our normal way of life and feeling like there's no change. That's because following means every part of our life shifts in order to come into alignment with His. Jesus extended the invitation to be part of a life that is outside our comfort zone. And listen, Jesus' invitation, like, look, right here, these are fishermen. Their entire livelihood was fishing. So the way that they made money was fishing. And so Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to leave that and come follow me. Now, does that make a make sense in our in our mind in terms of a wise financial decision. No, this is not a wise financial decision. Hey, leave your livelihood, leave your source of income, drop everything and follow me. But Jesus is saying, listen, following me involves a cost. There's something to that. You give yourself to this. Jesus Jesus' invitation to the disciples wasn't look at everything that will happen. Look at all the blessing, the prosperity, and the giftings that you will receive. It was simply follow. See, we don't follow him because we're trying to get an outcome. We don't follow him because we're trying to, to have a better life or all this stuff. We're following him because he's Lord. He's literally our life. He's our every breath. So we follow because of that reason. And then discipleship is living out the gospel. Listen to this. The goal of the gospel is not just to get you to heaven. That is one aspect. But the real goal is that you follow Jesus to the extent that your life reflects his. Listen, you can know God and be going to heaven, but not actually be following him. This is why... When you see, later on, we're going to talk about the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19. Jesus doesn't say, go and make converts of every nation. He doesn't say, go and make sure people are going to heaven. He says, go and make disciples. Because disciples follow at all costs. They're not just doing one thing to get something. They're saying, no, I'm following. I'm following. I'm going to shift my life for this man. That's discipleship. Jesus never said just pray this and that's it. Jesus doesn't want converts, he wants disciples. When you read this, you find that like you didn't attend to Jesus. You followed him. Did you catch that? You don't attend Jesus, you follow him. There's a huge difference. Discipleship is deeper than a prayer. It's full surrender to Jesus. You follow him no matter where the road takes you. No matter what comes, we remain steadfast in our devotion and direction. You dropped everything to follow Jesus and everything else could wait. I love Matthew 8:22. It says, another of the disciples came to him. Lord, allow me first to go and bury my father. This is one of those passages that really leaps out at you. So this disciple is saying, allow me to go and bury my father. And I want you to see what verse 22 says. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Oh, this verse offends me. Does it offend anyone else? Every time I read this, it's, it's like offensive whoa, Jesus, but I want you to get the point, catch the point. The point is the son of man is here on earth, and he's saying, I am way more important than anything else, so yeah, I know that that's important to you, but there's something far greater, and that's me, and that's you seeing me for who I am. It's you following me. It sounds insensitive, but Jesus is saying following me is more important than anything else. Don't wait. The gospel is more about heaven invading a person's life than it is about a one way ticket to heaven one day. It's heaven now, not heaven later. It's not just heaven later, it's heaven now. That's the gospel. The gospel is heaven invading every area of your life, following him so that heaven invades and you, your life reflects his, not just heaven one day, heaven now. Heaven now. This is discipleship. And so I just, like Jesus wasn't on the earth for people to just hear good news. He was there for people to literally follow the good news until they literally looked like him, talked like him, and acted like him. Paul says this really well in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. He says, be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. So Paul here is saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Jesus' form of discipleship was imitate me as I imitate my Father. Matthew 10, verse 24 and 25 says, The disciple is not above his teacher, nor a slave above his master. It is enough for the disciple that he may become like his teacher, and the slave like his master. So it's enough for me as a disciple of Jesus that I become like Jesus. That's the call. The goal of discipleship is that you become like Jesus, that your life reflects him. Listen, Jesus wasn't interested in being a popular or influential speaker. He wasn't interested in having crowds around him all the time. He was more interested in discipling those that were willing to give everything to follow. I'm convinced that Jesus actually, he cared less about preaching to 5,000. He cared more about discipling 12 and pouring especially into three. Right? The, The 12 disciples, but then Peter, James, and John were the ones that, they were the closest to Jesus. So Jesus was preaching to crowds, but the world changers that, Framed the the, the the rest of the New Testament came out of his decision to disciple 12. Think about that. Oh, it convicts my life so much. I'm like, I love preaching, I love being here on a Sunday morning, but the greatest impact of my life is not gonna be this moment right here. The greatest impact of my life is me pulling Wesley aside and saying, Hey man, let's go. Let's follow Jesus together. Let me take you along with me. It's pulling pulling people with me. It's discipling the few that you pour into with your life that then impact a nation. That actually is more valuable than any podcast, YouTube video, social media post, likes, all this stuff. Like that isn't nearly as important as you pulling someone aside and investing in them one on one. Because that's discipleship, and that's what Jesus modeled. Lives were changed when he preached to 5,000, but the 12 birthed the, the church that we see in Acts. Think about that. That's powerful. Main point number three, discipleship is costly. Matthew 19, verse 16 says, And someone came to him and said, Teacher, what good things shall I do so that I may obtain eternal life? And he said to him, Why are you asking me about what is good? There is only one who is good, but if you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Verse 18, Then he said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not commit murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 20, the young man said to him, all these I have kept, but what am I still lacking? And Jesus said to him, if you want to be complete, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, there it is again, follow me. And then verse 22 says, but when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. This story really convicts my heart. This man followed the commandments, so he knew the law. He knew the word. But then, when Jesus asked him to give up his possessions, because he owned so many possessions, he was unwilling to put Jesus first. Jesus is not asking this question because owning things is bad. Jesus wants us to to be wealthy, I believe. I believe he wants wants that for us. So it's it's not about, hey, owning possessions is bad. What Jesus is saying is, on your priority list, you have to be willing to shift this under me. And if you can't shift this under me, then you're missing it. Because what Jesus asks of us is actually that we would give our life. Following means giving our life. And this question this, this, this question that Jesus asked him really convicts my heart. Like if Jesus walked into this room right now and he said, leave all of your possessions behind and come follow me, would I be able to do it? Everything that I owned, my cars, my house, the money in my bank accounts, the the things that I have, the material possessions. If Jesus walked into the room and he said, Andrew, I want you to leave it all behind and I want you to just follow me, would I be able to step in with the call? And I'm not saying this for us all to feel like, oh man, I don't know. (laughs) I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's a question that prompts my heart to say, how can I give more of my life to Jesus? How can I be willing to surrender more of myself to Jesus? Like if Jesus said, leave your phone, your money, your reputation, your job, and follow me, would I be able to do it? I don't know. That's why I'm asking myself the question. But I feel like it's an important question for the days ahead. And listen, like, things are, things are crazy, like, everything that's been happening in Afghanistan. Like, the Lord's been really speaking to me about this. Like, listen, all of this stuff happens in Afghanistan, and the church actually doesn't falter. It grows more. Why? Why? Because when there's a price to be paid, when there's a cost, something happens when it costs you something. Something happens when worshiping Jesus costs you something. And so we have believers in the underground church in Afghanistan, worshiping Jesus right now could cost them their life. And so because of that, they're stepping into that call that says, follow me. And the church is actually blossoming because when there's a cost, you count the cost and you say, I'm all in. I'm all in. Come what may, I'm all in. I just found that so, like when you are faced with persecution, you're forced to count the cost. And so Jesus' desire is that we wouldn't be content with a form of American or Western Christianity, but that we would be willing to do whatever it takes to follow him no matter the cost. Listen, I, I just, I feel this is crucial for this day and hour. Jesus promises that persecution will come. It's not a maybe, it's a, it's a when. He promises that. Matthew 5, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. For in this same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Another verse in Matthew 5 says, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. This is the, gray, the greater call of discipleship. Follow me, even though the road won't be easy. The difference between those that will endure to the end and those that will not is discipleship. I believe this with all my heart. The difference between us enduring to the end, staying true to the truth, staying true to who Jesus is, is going to be discipleship. It's going to be, are we willing to follow at all costs? When things get crazy, when things are like, oh, I don't know what's going on, are we willing to sit in it and say, Jesus, I don't know what's going on, but I'm still following. I'm still My desire is simply to be a disciple, to follow you. This is the greater call of discipleship. A discipleship with no compromise. A discipleship that says, if asked, would I be willing to give up everything for Jesus? And then finally, as we are following Jesus, our greatest gift to others is for us to pull people along and say, I want to disciple you. I'm going to step into this. I'm a disciple of Jesus and I want you to come be a disciple of Jesus. And I want you to see the fruit of my life from being a disciple. Like you should see the fruit in my life. You should see, man, that guy, the way, the decisions that he makes, the way that he does things, even in the difficult seasons, even in the struggles, I want, there's something that I want, and you follow that as you're following Jesus, and you're discipling underneath the master, Jesus, and you're pulling someone along with you and saying, come, let's go. I already said this, Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Listen, there is a call right now, and I believe that now is the time for us to not just tell people about Jesus, but to show people Jesus through the way that we live our lives, through community. People need discipleship. People need discipleship. They need to watch your life in the questions, in the seasons of contention, in the the battle, in the suffering, in the moments where we don't have all the answers. And they need to see you choose Jesus again and again and again. I feel like this is an action step right here. We have to be intentional about saying, come along with me as I lean into Jesus. Like Jesus extended the invitation. So the call this morning is, are you willing to extend the invitation to someone else? Do you know that the world would be completely changed if every single one of us in this room just discipled one person? If we just pulled one person along and said, I want you to come with me. I, wanna, I want us to, let's, let's, bat, let's, let's wrestle in the tension of the word together. Let's, let's pursue Jesus together. Let's go after the gospel together. Let's see the fulfillment of the gospel in our lifetime together. Let's contend for something together. That could change the world just in this room. The biggest mistake that I see people make is that they wrestle with questions, they wrestle with doubts, concerns, worries, and difficulties of life without him and without community. It's one of the biggest things I see people do. They isolate themselves instead of digging deeper into community. Listen, if you are here and you're struggling, go find someone in this body and ask them to stand with you. Find somebody and say, hey, I need help. Would you you grab coffee with me? Hold on to your Bible and wrestle with the tension. Ask someone on your left or or on your right, sitting right now, and say, hey, I don't know what's going on. I'm struggling and wrestling with this. I need covering. I need discipleship. Reach out. When... um When Emily and I, when we lost our son Judah, it was one of the most difficult things that I've ever had to walk through in my life, and I remember the Lord gave me an invitation, and the invitation was this, are you going to walk away, or are you going to stay in the room with me? Listen, I'm going to be honest with you guys, it's a whole lot easier to walk away Easier to walk away than it is to sit and accept the invitation that Jesus has for you in your struggle. Walking away is easy. Following his invitation is costly, but only one is life-giving. Only one is life-giving. Only one will lead you where you need to go, but it is up to us to choose the road we want to take. But this is discipleship. It's me standing up here letting you see my struggles. It's me standing up here saying, listen, I don't have it all together, but here's here's what's going on. I remember Emily and I, one of the decisions that we made early on when we were going through this is we said, Lord, we can keep this to ourselves or we can go public with it. And one of the reasons we did that was because we wanted to honor Judah's life. But the second reason that we did it is because we wanted people to see, hey, you can struggle with this and you can still find Jesus. You can go through the valley of the shadow of death and you can still find Jesus at the other end. You can be in the midst of the most pain, pain, that you've ever experienced in your life and you can stay in the room with him and realize that he's right there with you. He's right there with you. And I just remember when we made that that decision, it was kind of a one of those where you're like, "Oh, I don't I don't like my whole our whole life is like, you know, people people know all these things and it's like it's out there. It's transparent, it's vulnerable." But then I remember just recently the Lord was I was spending time with him, and the Lord was like, thank you. Because if just one person was impacted by our willingness to be vulnerable, then it was worth it. If just one person that was on the edge They were on the fringe, and they were struggling and saying, I just need to know if Jesus is really in here with me. If just one person saw our story and witnessed what we went through, and they said, man, I still see Jesus in them. If one person's life was changed, everything that I've done is worth it. Everything that I've done is worth it. It doesn't have to be 10. It doesn't have to be 20, but just one. If one life was changed, then it's worth it. What's my point? This is what discipleship is. Letting someone see the struggles, the questions, the difficulties, the victories, the weaknesses, but doing it with Jesus, staying in the room with him when everything is screaming at you just to quit and give up. When you stay in the room and someone else sees you stay in the room, that's discipleship. And I think that that's beautiful. Listen, culture is crying out for discipleship. They're crying out for, I feel this is crucial, like we have a lot of people, especially young people, like what I see in culture right now, the, the, the things, the deconstruction movement, the woke theology movement, all this stuff is getting stirred up. And you know what the key is? Discipleship. It's discipleship. Like we have a lot of people trying to figure out life with God on their own. They have questions They see the church as more of an organization and less of a place to come and encounter Jesus. Less of a place, like they need to see the church as a place to be disciple, to thrive in community. A place that loves you, that wants to come alongside you and say, hey, let's go down this road together. Let me help you with the questions you're wrestling with. That's what this, I want to commend this body. I feel like we do this, but we're going to do it more. We're going to do it more. And there are people that are called to sit in these chairs that they're struggling with things. They're wrestling with things. They're like, I don't know if I even want to come to church. I don't really know if I like church. I don't really know what church is anymore. I don't know who God is anymore. And you're going to sit next to that person. Worship. They're going to see you worship. And they're going to say, I don't know why I'm here, but that guy right there, something's different. The way that guy worships, something's different. He's following. He's following. That's what I am living for in this moment is I believe that the Lord, there's a shift happening where we're not, just, we're not just doing things to have meetings. We're pulling people aside. We're discipling them. We're answering the hard questions. We're leading into the tension with people. And we're saying, hey, follow me as I follow him. Man, I feel like this is one of my biggest calls like, we have so many people saying, like, I know the preaching. I, I, I can listen to preaching at home. I, I can listen to preaching where I'm at. But one of the biggest reasons why we gather is you sitting in these chairs right now. We gather so that people come in, they sit on the, on the back row, and they're like, I don't know why I'm here. I could be watching this from home. And then you come up to them and you give them a word. You come up to him and you give him a hug. You come up to him and say, hey, we're so glad you're here. Why don't you connect? Like, why don't we grab coffee sometime? That is a massive reason why we gather. It's community. It's you and I each doing our point. Every joint supplies, as it says in Ephesians. This is huge. Like, we have people saying, I don't know how to walk it out practically in my life but they see the fruit of your life and they're like, oh, that's it. I believe that discipleship must become more about watching our lives being lived for one thing, the presence of Jesus above everything else. It's a come and see what Jesus has done and is doing in my life and then it's come be a part of discipling someone else what if every single one of us took it upon ourselves to disciple one person? Could we change a city just by discipling one person? Could we shift a nation just by pouring into one person? See, I think sometimes, and this is something that we all, I I know it's easy for me to struggle with sometimes. I think sometimes we make it more about crowds, more about numbers, platforms, and followers when Jesus made it about a few Oh, come on. Think about this. I think sometimes it can be more about like, oh, large, let's have stadium gatherings. And I love stadium gatherings. But you want, I, I am convinced that what's going to make a deeper impact even than stadium gatherings is you going out for the One. Oh, come on. When you find that one person and say, hey, let's go to coffee, and they just share their story, and you're able to invest in their life and sow a seed that they will remember for the rest of their life, they will end up taking that. And what if they're going to shift this city, and they're going to shift that city? It's not about mass gatherings. It doesn't have to be about large numbers. What if it's about a few? What if it's about a few? What if it's going from the 5,000 to the 12 to the three? Jesus left the 99 for the 1. That's it. Who are the few that God has called you to pour into? It doesn't have to be, listen, I think sometimes we're like, oh, like I don't have time. My schedule's crazy, like find one person and find one opening and get coffee with one person. Don't get don't don't feel like you have to get coffee with 15 people. Sometimes I think we're like, oh man, now I got to just no, 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 no! I know, I know. Busyness is a real thing. I know we all have jobs and things that we're doing. So find room for one person. Grab coffee with one person that you know, one person that you could look out over this room. Maybe they're in this room. Maybe they're not. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's another friend that you have that you're like, man, I know my friend's going through a hard time. Make time to invest in that one person. And I'm just telling you, the impact that you could make with one person could shift everything for them. And you never know what that one person might do. I think about all the people, like the people that sat down with Billy Graham. The people that sat down with these guys that you see where thousands and thousands have come to know Jesus because of them. They probably sat in a room just like this and someone pulled them aside and said, hey, can I grab coffee with you? Can I disciple you? So discipleship looks like you and I coming alongside of others as a community to help encourage, to teach, mentor, and display Jesus as we walk through life together. That's, that's discipleship. But the key is this, that first we make a decision to say, I am following Jesus no matter what the cost is. I, will, I make a decision that I'm gonna be discipled by Jesus. I'm gonna step in and I'm gonna accept Jesus' invitation, not just to know him, but to follow him. I don't just want to know enough about Jesus that I can, I can quote the Bible verses and I can, I can get through my week. No, no, no. I want to know Jesus to the point that my entire life follows his life. My life reflects his life. That's the call. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So I just want to end in this place If I could get keys, that would be great. You can go ahead and stand up. I know it's been a late, it's been an awesome morning. But I know it's getting a little late. But the invitation this morning is simple. Follow him and then grab someone around you and invite them to join you as you both pursue Jesus together. Jesus' invitation over and over again is discipleship. It's follow me. Follow me. Imitate my life. In the days ahead, it's not going to be enough just to know about him. It's not going to be enough just to know that we're going to heaven. We have to be anchored to the fact that our life needs to reflect his. I want to follow him at all costs. So this morning, Jesus, we step into this. Lord, Our desire, Lord, is is to follow you, to allow you to lead us and guide us in every way. Lord, I ask you, Lord, that we would be willing to count the cost. We'd be willing to say, it's worth shifting every one of my priorities to follow Jesus. It's worth shifting my life around to follow Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you're extending an invitation this morning. Will you you truly follow me? Will you follow me? It doesn't matter if you don't even know how right now. You could just say, yes, I will follow you, Jesus. I may not know what the road looks like, but I, I, I just say, I will follow you. I will follow you Jesus wherever you lead me wherever you take me and then Lord I, I ask you that you would allow us to pull people aside and to to have a call on our life as it says in the great commission go therefore and make disciples that we would make disciples of all nations Lord. that we would be willing to go out for the one and to say hey Jesus loves you I want to not only tell you about Jesus, I want, to, I want to come alongside you and help you grow. I want to come alongside you, and together, let's follow him. Together, let's wrestle through these passages of Scripture that we don't understand. Together, let's say, Lord, why? But then let's say, Lord, we trust you. So Lord I just thank you for the invitation that you are extending this morning. Lord we just we just say yes Lord that we we will pick up the call to disciple. Lord that this is this this is your way. This is the way of Jesus. Discipleship. It's a come and see, come and be. Come and see what Jesus has done through me. Now come and be as we go together. So Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing. We just thank you, God, that we, we want to see a world changed. We want to see a city transformed by your power and your love. And I thank you that it just starts with one. Would there be one that would just step in and say yes? Would there be one that we could grab, that we could pour into, and that one person could impact other people and other people? And it just keeps going. So we just say yes to discipleship, Lord. And just stepping deeper into this. In Jesus' name, amen.